The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Home Street Bank Home Mortgage. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Good afternoon. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Home Street Bank Home Mortgage, and Reba Hass will be here shortly fighting our wet Seattle traffic out there today. So, uh, you know, it's the first day in how long uh, since we've had some, a little bit of, little bit of rain on, on the ground, and, and I, it's nice to know that Seattle traffic has not forgotten how not to drive when it's rainy out. We've got our usual uh, kind of traffic mayhem going on out there. But uh, what a beautiful weekend, though, cold and crisp and blue sky. I happened to spend, uh, spend the day, one day up on uh, Crystal Mountain where it was just, you know, just glorious and beautiful up there. So lucky to live where we live in, in the Seattle market. And while we're waiting for uh, my, uh, our co-host to show up, I'll give you a quick update on interest rates. Every week we uh, give you an update of mortgage and real estate news and information. And uh, also just a quick reminder, this is a live show. This is a call-in show. If you have questions for us, uh, you can reach us toll-free at 866 712 1300 for open house of team Reba. You can also uh, tweet if you want or, or uh, message. If you have a mortgage related question, um, every mortgage situation seems to be a story problem these days. There's lots of complications and lots of rules to go along with those complications. Always happy to answer those questions off the air as well. You can tweet me at Eric is my banker, or you can also email me Eric, E-R-I-C at Eric is my banker. And if you have a real estate question, you can tweet Reba at Team Reba, or you can email email her as well at Reba at TeamReba.com. So hopefully we can bring you lots of information, answer those questions, solve those problems. And now just to give you a real quick update on, on interest rates, we're looking good right now. We are actually at the lowest level we've been in two months, which is pretty much uh, the lowest we've been since the uh, since the election. And so um, we've finally seen the market start to settle down just a little bit. The average 30-year conforming fixed-rate loan sitting right around 4.125% today. Still a little bit above that 4% range, uh, but not too terribly bad. 15-year fixed rates, 3.33% is the national average today. Down. They went down. Yeah, we're having a good we're having a good day. Hello, Reba. Hello. <laughs> How, How you are doing? You? Good, good, good. Oh, having fun with traffic. Uh-huh. FHA, 30-year fixed rates, 3.75%. And the good news with FHA right now is that uh, HUD, Department of Housing and Urban Development, just reduced the cost of mortgage insurance for FHA loans by a quarter of a percent. That can make a significant difference to a monthly payment if you're a first-time buyer or don't even have to be a first-time buyer for FHA. Uh, if you want to buy a home and put less than you know a big down payment, just three and a half percent down can put you into the FHA uh, loan program. So uh, cost of mortgage insurance just went down. So I have a quick question for you, though. Yeah, I have not had any client with an FHA loan for a very long time. A long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that's. Are they doing part of that also to be more competitive? Do you think, or is that just really because they finally have their their numbers their financial house in order yeah because i mean that was the whole thing right about when they had to do all those increases was that 
as FHA came back into the market in a heavy way after the recession mm-hmm. and all the other low down payment programs had pretty much kind of dried up at that point. Right. They realized, oh my gosh, because FHA for a while did still have some defaulting while we still had a high unemployment. Sure. Um, but have they just basically evened out and now it's time to. Yeah, FHA pull volume it back? has been been pretty solid, pretty strong. Um, but but when the the cost of mortgage insurance and FHA loans went way up a few years back, mm-hmm. uh, the reason for that FHA, the Federal Housing Administration, people think of them making loans. They don't mm-hmm. make loans. Right. They just FHA insure. And they insure them. They're the world's largest insurance company. Mm-hmm. And so if if you have an FHA loan, the lender gets an insurance policy that pays them back if the borrower defaults. Well, FHA was insolvent. You know, they, they're as an insurance company, if they were a, a publicly traded insurance company, they would have been shut down for insolvency because they just weren't, uh, their insurance premiums were not covering the losses that they were paying out. So they jacked the insurance premiums up a few years back. That didn't work. So then they, they dropped the premiums a little bit and then that sent a surge of business FHA's way. So now, um, they're, they're back on, on a solid financial footing. And uh, so at this point now, there's talk that, well, this latest move lowers the premium a little bit more, mm-hmm. which some are arguing may not be the best time to do that, but uh, it, it's going to spur more business. Why, why would FHA. they argue that, though? Because FHA is just now solvent. Okay. So by collecting less in premiums, you're bringing in less revenue. Right. And if the number of claims goes up, if we have a cycle, down cycle in the economy, for instance, then that could cause FHA to once again to dip into that, that negative uh, net worth situation. Were they truly insolvent or were they just having claims outside the amount of money that they had to have set aside for those claims? Well, that's the argument. If, uh, if they were looked at as a traditional insurance company, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be good. But right. they're a, government agency so essentially this is government backing uh, but but was the was the FHA fund standing on its own the answer was uh, not really uh, which is why the premiums got got you know monkeyed around with so but with that said the the private sector mm-hmm. has really jumped in and to fill that void. Mm-hmm. So with conventional loans, you take out private mortgage insurance. This is right. insurance issued by private insurance companies, and there's a whole handful of them out there. And they've become more and more competitive you know, with the products that they offer and the options that they offer. So many times a conventional loan can give you a less expensive mortgage if you're putting less than 20% down. Yeah, that to me has been, I think, the number one reason why most of mm-hmm. our clients have not, because we've still had people using low down sure. programs. Oh, absolutely. They've just kind of stayed away from FHA unless right. it was something that they absolutely had to do just yep. because of the cost yeah, up the, front. There's there's a kind of a breaking point where FHA can be less expensive than a, a, a conventional option. And it, it really has to do with your credit score and the overall risk of the transaction. So if the credit score starts to dip below about maybe 680, 670, right. all of a sudden FHA can start to look you know, pretty good in comparison, right. especially with these new lower mortgage insurance premiums offered by FHA. Right. Yeah. What's What's the lowest score they go back down to? Well, right now, because uh, I know it fluctuates too sometimes. Right. With With FHA, um, I, I think the official lowest score is five eighty. With most local lenders, it's going to be anywhere from six hundred to 640. So some lenders okay. have what are called overlays right. where they're, they, maybe you could go lower than 600. I, I don't mm-hmm. see many below 600. 
Well, because usually if they go below 600, don't they also require a higher down payment? It's the not 3.5%, but usually upwards as high as 10%. Well, or yes and yes and no. It depends. Is it, it, it our favorite answer? It, it depends. It depends. Yes, <laughs> because because uh, also you know there's there's that factor, but also the the qualifying debt to income ratios are, mm-hmm. are more high. They're 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 more restricted. I mean, and we may require that the borrower have liquidity that they have money savings mm-hmm. left over after closing. You know, should there be a a, a problem? You know, we've what would that issue. buyer typically look like? What would be the avatar of a About person like five that? Five foot. 10 no i'm just kidding um the, the, you're it's all over the board reba I yeah mean, you know if you look at a profile for a particular yeah. buyer um you know with a low credit score yeah because i mean i can imagine like let's say it's somebody who was a business person and they had to either file a bankruptcy mm-hmm. or something happened and then they're you know kind of yeah re, redoing uh, something in their lives and maybe their credit score isn't all the way back but sure. maybe they've started making more income again. Like maybe maybe they right. went from having their small business that didn't make it, but now they're back in the private, you know, some other sector sure. working for someone else, and now their income's gone way back up. Because most people don't think about the right. fact that when you become a small business owner, you can pretty much count on the first two to five years of making less money than you did working in corporate America. Oh, absolutely. So you know, I, I think if I look at the successful customers we've had. Uh, where we've we've had successful transactions and their credit scores were low like that, um, you're you're absolutely right. Most cases, it's it's going to be someone where maybe it was a business or 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 they just had some hard financial times. It could mm-hmm. be maybe maybe two borrowers and one lost their job. Right. And uh, we've had some where there's been just catastrophic um, health issues mm-hmm. you know, that have affected their their income or their their ability to pay bills and things. And you know why I bring that up? Hmm. Because as we have come out of the recession, I think there's still a lot of people. Who went through some difficult times back then? Because look at where we are right now. A lot of folks who got impacted during that negative downturn, mm-hmm. um, a lot of them are just now really kind of coming back out of it. Clawing their ways out. You're and absolutely so, right. Kind of bringing that back up mm-hmm. because sometimes people yeah. will be like, "Gosh, well, why would someone have enough for ten percent down and more and have reserves? Like, who right. would that person be? And then why would their credit score be bad?" And it's like, well. Yeah. It's for just these kinds of reasons. Absolutely. So, you know, encouraging people to always kind of really get their personal situation looked at and kind of um, considered. I mean, they might be surprised sometimes you're at right. what, what's available to them. You're, you're absolutely right. And and so many times I've actually sat down with customers like, I don't really think I'm going to be able to you know, buy now, but I just wanted mm-hmm. to talk with you. And they just decided to kind of take yeah. that first step. And, you know, some of them, uh, they, they, they're not quite ready. Other ones, they are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and a perfect example, I have a customer who's just absolutely delightful couple. Two years ago, I met with them mm-hmm. and, uh, and ran the credit. And it was exactly like we were talking about. They'd gone yep. through some really hard times and mm-hmm. racked up a bunch of debt. And I like, well, no, we're not, we're not quite there. And then I just kind of looked at him and I said, how how bad do you want to buy a house? Yeah, and and um, the, the the wife said, bad. Like mm-hmm. I want this more than I want anything. And I said, okay, here's what you got to do. Right. And because one of the rules with FHA or with a conventional loan is we want to see a track record of at least about a, a year mm-hmm. where you're up to date. You're caught yep. up on your payments yep. and everything. Trail of success. That's right. Well, about a year and a half later, she called me up and said, guess what? I did everything you said I, I, I needed to do and we're ready to buy. And so I said, well, come on in. And and mm-hmm. so in they came. And, uh, and sure enough, I ran the credit. It looked beautiful. It had mm-hmm. been pretty much fully restored. They wanted to use a special first-time buyer program, which is zero down. Mm-hmm. That program has an income limit. 
And when we, we mm-hmm. sat down, I looked at their pay stubs next, and guess what? They were $1,000 above the income limit. And I, oh, I felt so bad, and, and she looked at me, I go, you can't go zero down. Well, they didn't have enough for a bigger down payment. So three months later, she calls me up, guess what, Eric? And I'm like, what? She goes, I got a new job, and guess what? It pays less. <laughs> <laughs> the so, rare case where you're did. super excited totally. about that. <laughs> yes, and guess and and it worked. They were approved. They went out the very next weekend. They found their their dream home, and we got the the transaction closed. So, and it's just one of those ones where they showed up and yeah. wasn't sure if they qualify or not. Yeah, there's so. actually a mutual client we've had in the past that I think is just about at that place. Yeah. So we'll have to talk about that off air sometime. Hold that thought. When we come back, we've got more open house at Team Reba. Call us if you got questions. Eight six six seven one two thirteen hundred. Stay tuned for more. If you'd like to call into the show, now's your chance. It's 866-712-1300. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House of Team Reba. This is Reba Hass of Team Reba Remax Metro Eastside. And Eric Austin from Home Street Bank Home Mortgage. Ah, thanks for being in charge there in the first segment while I was circling around Yawajamaya trying to find parking. Is it well, delightful out there today? Oh my gosh, like we had all that great weather for a couple of weeks and then we get one big soggy day and everybody... <laughs> everybody's picking all the parking spots and in the way and driving slow. And it's like, I got to be somewhere. Come on. <laughs> what I like is there's a, there's a trend in Seattle where people will sort of cease to drive. They're going along, yeah. they're moving along and they're either engaged in a texting conversation or something <laughs> like that, or they just don't know where they're at. And Watch instead, instead of like maybe, <laughs> Driving until you find the next exit or the next street and pulling off to gather your thoughts. Yeah. They just stop driving. I mean, you I can be in the middle two of the road. People like that. I oh, had yeah. two people like that on the oh, way yeah. up here. Yeah. No, they just. <laughs> and I was like, go! It's, 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 it's like you're watching a toy and the battery just died. They just go, yeah. they just stop. Yeah. No, I had a guy from Oregon cut me off changing lanes. And then he kept his blinker on for three blocks. This was like really close to here at the studio. Oh, sure. And then he gets to the stoplight right before where I need to turn to go find parking. And then he's just sitting there and the light changes. And I'm like, go! It's what I'm <laughs> oh, saying. It's, and and no, you, no, there's something that you are not able to communicate with that driver. They're in complete yeah. tunnel vision. Oh, totally. And, and they're, yeah. they're looking straight ahead. They have no idea what's going on to their yeah. left, to their right, behind them, maybe not even yeah, in front they, of them. They had people honking at them. They've like, ceased move. to drive. They are no longer driving. Move. They have just sort of shut yes. down. Most of our and, listeners are very likely in their vehicles. So little tip to y'all out there. <laughs> you might want to make sure not get so absorbed in something inside your car that you forget there are things outside of your yeah, car. It's sort, it's sort of interesting. <laughs> but And I, I, I have my own theory on, on, this, on this thing. But if you look at the driving position, you know, mm-hmm. it's both hands up on the top of the wheel, elbows touching the bottom of the steering wheel. <laughs> So that your head is as close to the glass. I, I thought that as was you usually your, your stance on uh, people in in the left lane. Oh, it's the same thing. Well, not yeah, just the left thing. lane, but in Prius. Well, I mean, absolutely. Frankly, that's it's you the, know that's your avatar. Let's for... call it. Let's call it the Prius position. You're driving you in the Prius position. Yeah, instead so, of praying mantis. Yeah, it's the Prius position. Absolutely. <laughs> it's so, kind of the same because you know how the praying yeah. mantis has his little folded arms, right? Right, right. But. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not I'm not sure of the thought process here. Is it okay? I know it's rainy out and it's mm-hmm. scary and all that. Yeah. But really, does getting your head closer to glass get you that much closer to yeah, the action that you're going to see, see better. it better? I don't uh, think it helps. I, I, I kind of don't. Although but. I will say we have had enough rain come down. I was seeing yeah, there there's some legitimate slowdowns like when you hit a puddle that's so big. Yeah, fantastic. It just drenches the cars next to you. That's awesome. I mean, that, yeah. well, yeah, but we got to be safe out See, there. See, there's two so. groups out there. There's yeah. the, Then there's the group that wants to drift those, you know, when we're, when okay. we're uh, driving I, along. I don't but, mind some of that, but it's yeah. just that those impact the cars around you. I've been in the car that gets completely swooshed. Oh, absolutely. And then there's that panic okay. for about let's, three seconds because you can't see let's, anything. Let's talk about that. I'll give you a quick tip, folks, too. If that happens to you and all of a sudden you, you're buried in a, mm-hmm. in a sheet of water mm-hmm. just let off your gas yeah keep your wheels straight yep don't slam on your brakes exactly if you slam on your brakes you're most likely going to spin out oh yeah but you have to just be controlled when you, it's when like you get ice. into that it's just like ice yeah yep and you, don't worry you can't see right now but it's going to all open up and Absolutely. you just want to kind of take ease off the gas yep and, uh, and that's why you should be paying attention to what's on the road so you know how far ahead of somebody That'd be super was. good. Yeah, because yeah. that could be far more interesting, actually, in this sort of weather than what's going on oh, on yeah. your smartphone. Yes. Oh, yeah. my gosh. So much more so. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So speaking of other interesting, interesting things going on. Yeah. Nice list there. Thank you. I try. Yeah. Did you happen to mention the boat show where we're going to be live? I did not yet. Well, I want to make sure because I think we missed saying something the last two weeks. We did. And uh, for our listeners out there who are perhaps boat lovers and aficionados and uh, who would like to meet us live. Right. You have the opportunity. Absolutely. We're going to be there. Yes. What? January 28th. 28th. Yeah. The boat show runs for a week typically. So I believe it starts on the 27th. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to be there on Saturday, the 28th at 1 p.m. Yep. So we'll have our usual one hour show, but we will be there, uh, you know, able to say hello to folks a little bit before and a little bit after. And I know we're going to be cruising around. Well, at least I know James and I are going to be walking around the boat show. He's got a whole oh, big list, oh, list yeah. Yeah, of yeah, things yeah. he's going to be shopping for this year. Because as you know, last year, we didn't have a boat. You we, solved that problem. Yeah, we went shopping with you instead. And I watched you carry all <laughs> kinds of rope and all kinds of stuff yeah. all around. There's was, always good deals at that at that show. And well, you said that, and so is James. So he's doing his his online shopping right now, figuring out what he needs. And then he's doing price comparisons, and he's going to see what the best deals are at the boat show. Nice. Yeah. So um, I think I told you that he and I also just recently joined the Rainier Yacht Club. Oh, very cool. Congratulations. I yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we actually, just FYI, we have a membership open house coming up. Mm-hmm. So if anyone is considering joining a yacht club mm-hmm. and you want to join one that's a lot of really fun people. Now, I'm thinking of, you know, when I think of a what? yacht club, I'm thinking of the movie Caddyshack. And you know what? That's, I, I just thought of that like, the other day. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's, we're not like a wet Caddyshack. You're not going to go dress like yeah. Captain Stebbin or anything like that. Okay. So here's what I got to tell you. Having had absolutely no boating experience yeah. See, because my, my ascot is at the dry cleaner right now. I, I wouldn't be able to wear my ascot. Yeah. The Asnus ascot? Is yes. that what you're saying? <laughs> okay. <laughs> You could probably get one embroidered in, in or something yeah. with a, you know, your a little, little home street logo. Yeah, there you a go. Home street hydro There plane. you go. There yeah, you go. The Why don't you have home street sponsor that? There you go. <laughs> but, but no, having having not been involved in boating before, I was I was a little intimidated at first about this whole idea. And I'm sure every yacht club has its own 
um, kind of personality. Clicks. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I hope it doesn't get too clicky, but yeah, it's, it, they're all going to have their own personality and the people who tend to gravitate sure. towards those. Sure. But this radio group, they're a lot of fun. Yeah. Pretty yeah. down to earth. Very down to earth. And I was, I was actually telling my husband, one of the things that I love so much is because you know me, I'm a very gregarious person, right? right? Oh. Part of why I do what I do for a living is because I love meeting people. Of course. I, I reach out to people constantly. That's, right. that's a natural part of my personality. Mm-hmm. And so it works very well into the field of work that I'm in because sure. I'm constantly doing outreach to people. Yeah. But, um, it's, it's not often that I find an organization where so many of the other members are also like that. Because as you know, I'm a you know, a director on the board of directors for oh, the Renton Chamber. Right. And not everybody is, you know, always out there, you know, no. being super Boating is, friendly is, and whatnot. Um, but. I liken it also to, to uh, anybody if you ride Harleys or motorcycles. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a very social activity. Yeah, and, and it you sure can is. Pull into a, any marina, you know, and anywhere, pretty mm-hmm. much anywhere. And you're going to be welcomed. There's going to be people come up, say hello. They'll help you dock your boat. Yeah. They'll they'll come up. They'll offer you mm-hmm. a adult beverage. You know, they want to learn about you or your boat. And oh, yeah. Lots is, of boat questions. very, very social about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, so we actually have uh, a membership drive going on right now yeah. for the Rainier Yacht Club. Oh, very cool. And, yeah. And so we've actually, I've got a friend of mine coming already. We're doing the open house on January 26th. Mm-hmm. So right before the boat show, we've got January Perfect. 26th. So if anyone's interested in checking out a Yacht Club, because they also have social memberships. You don't even have to have a boat. Did oh, you know that? Loud. No. Yeah, there's social memberships available too. Yeah. So someone could get a hold of me if they like at info at teamreba.com. I'm happy to get them in touch with the people that are part of the Excellent. yacht club. And, and where is the Rainier Yacht Club located? So it's it's just down by where Park Shore Marina is. So it's it's where it's on Lake Seward Washington. Park, it's on Lake Washington. It's on the very south end, South Seattle. And it's kind of where Rainier and Seward Park Avenue come together. It's just okay. about a block north of mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And they, they rent the venue out for all kinds of events. Lots of local people, you know, use it for parties. Sure. Someone else had a, you know, New Year's Eve party there and whatnot. Yeah. But we do all kinds of events. You know, we were at this last meeting. We've only been a member for about a month and a half. And at the last meeting, we were talking about things that, you know, they have this whole daffodil boat thing that happens on down in Tacoma. Mm-hmm. We're talking about, you know, opening a boating day in May. There's the heavy weather. Uh, event that's coming up that's over in Bremerton. That's there's all these log races that uh, it's a whole new world. I'm new, I'm I'm in part of. <laughs> it's it's just it's fascinating to me. So I mean, the, part of this show is about the Pacific Northwest lifestyle. So I'm Absolutely. like, I'm about to learn a whole bunch of new stuff. Well, and what's really fun with most yacht clubs is they're going to have uh, regattas. They're going to go out mm-hmm. and take a cruise here, take a cruise there. Yeah. Uh, one of the Greatest assets we have in the Northwest is not well known by many people, and it's within eyesight of Seattle, which is Blake mm-hmm. Island. Yeah, which is about yeah. In fact, a they're talking about diameter. a trip out there. Oh, mm-hmm. it's beautiful little island. It's where yep. Chief Seattle yes. is buried, and uh, and there is a Tillicum Village on on Blake Island where you mm-hmm. can go for a traditional salmon yes. dinner, that sort of thing. That's quite tasty. The, the tour boats go there, but mm-hmm. there's a marina, delightful little marina there. And mm-hmm. it fills up on the weekends. Oh, and, I bet. Uh, but there's there's also camping. There's it's a beautiful park. You can walk around the island. It's about three miles around. And, so that's uh, like walking around Green Lake. It is. It is. It's just a it's just a beautiful little place, though. So yeah. Um, well, I'm super excited about doing all these things. But uh, so yeah. So we've got the uh, open house on the 26th. Anybody who's interested, let me know. But then, of course, as I said. 
if people want to get a chance to say hello and meet us and maybe even bring any of their real estate mortgage questions. I mean, obviously, we're not going to sit down and be like, let's do your paperwork, shall we? Right. But it would be an opportunity to come and say of hi. Course. We'd love to meet some of our listeners because we get phone calls and we get emails and tweets and whatnot after the fact. So we'd love to get a chance to meet some of you and put, put faces with it. And, and the boat show, this is one of the largest boat shows on the West Coast. Oh, is it? It's huge. It is huge. And it runs, like you say, it runs a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, and even, I don't know if you've ever seen it, just the logistics of getting all those boats into CenturyLink, it the, seems the monumental. event center there is unbelievable. Yeah, it looks monumental because some of those boats that are in there are bigger than people's houses. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> Which is yeah, exactly. pretty, pretty interesting. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, we always get a lot of calls on the lending side, you know, just after the boat show from customers saying, mm-hmm. I think I just bought a boat and now I need to finance <laughs> it. And, you know, what can you do? I've got some equity in my home. Yeah. You know, we see a lot of that oh, going yeah. on these days. But yeah. a boat also can be a deductible second home. Yes, it can. So the rule is head, bed, and bread. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can cook in it, sleep in it and do other things in it, um, then it counts as a second home. Just got to live in it 14 <laughs> days out of the year. Do other things in it? <laughs> that doesn't necessarily mean potty action, but that's what you meant. <laughs> that's the head part. That's yes. called a bathroom yes. in um, yeah, nautical speak. Different yeah. kind of potty. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, uh, that, in fact, that was a, a requirement for us was to making sure that we had the head. There you go. I don't love that terminology, but you know, there you go. Well, on that it topic, is it is. <laughs> time to go take a quick uh, break. If you got to go use the head, now's the time. There you go. We'll be back in just a few minutes or more at Open House with Team Reba. Stay tuned. <laughs> got a question? Call it in. 866-712-1300. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Home Street Bank. And I'm Reba Hassa, Team Reba. And every Tuesday, you can listen to us here at 3 o'clock every Tuesday talking about real estate and mm-hmm. finance news and lots Everything of other good stuff related. going on. Yeah. So we've covered a lot of ground uh, today already. Yes. Nothing really much to do with real estate yet. We talked about interest rates a bit. They're looking good. Yeah. And uh, But tell us what the market's doing. Well, the market is doing what it usually does. It's uh, after the first week or two of January. So, of course, everybody has come out of their cocoon. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's the thing. It's, it's always so strange because we talk about in December that it's almost always a super busy time for us. Right. But it's not true for everybody. Right. True. Correct. Um, yeah. The real hard and fast, got to do it, want to do it. Those folks are very, very active in the market that time. But there's a whole bunch of people who kind of take a month or two off. And, you know, some folks just don't want to be bothered during the holidays yep. or they think they want yep. to have more focus when they wait till after the new year. Or for some folks, that's, you know, maybe they've made that new year resolution of like, this is the year I'm going to do this thing that I've always wanted, right? Yes. Um, so sure enough, uh, we have seen markedly higher interest in property just in general. You know, lots of, well, as you know, we had a pretty full class right? when we did our first time homebuyer class the first week of the year. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. So people were, people had been, see, this is what's interesting. 
We've been talking to some of the folks who came to that class now afterward, you know, they've been reaching out to saying, oh, yeah, we want to talk to you. And uh, we're finding out that some of them, they've been just passively looking the past six months. Right. So it is sometimes for people, they always set these artificial timelines in their heads. And we see it with sellers too, Mm -hmm. right? They'll be like, well, I want to wait till the 1st of May or I want to wait till the 1st. And and that's why I always recommend people don't go on market the 1st of any month because so is probably 90% of the other people thinking about it that month. Sure. You know, and you want to think about who your competition is going to be. But yeah, always after the 1st of the year, there's a a market increase in terms of traffic. You know, like we even had a listing that had been on for a little while because our client had you know, not quite followed all of our advice about the pricing. And so we were, we were waiting for the right people. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you the amount of eyeballs after January 1st that came onto that property. And especially after we finally accepted an offer on it this last week. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. It was like a fish frenzy. You know, it was just, <laughs> just, just like the gym at the first Kinda, of the year. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. It's a lot like the gym. So there's there's been a lot of new activity. People are getting ready to sell. We're getting tons of phone calls prepping for the upcoming spring and summer. Because mm-hmm. actually in the first quarter of the year is a huge amount of activity that then feeds the closings that go into you know the summertime. Absolutely. If you've got a good agent and mm-hmm. they're telling you what the best way is to prep your home, get it mm-hmm. prepared, get it staged and everything, you know, to, to go to market. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. 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 And some of it falls conventional wisdom. You know, some of the reasons some of these people are doing things the way that they do is, you know, you have to think about who, who is like what I asked you, who's the perfect avatar for like these FHA programs, right. right? Yeah. But when it comes to the buying and selling of property, it's, it's also kind of what's the makeup and what are they trying to accomplish? Mm-hmm. Cause I can, I can course, work with, yeah. Singles and couples, downsizers, that kind of folks all year long. Mm-hmm. But it's people with families that tend to be focused on the summertime. Sure. Right. That's the only reason Makes really sense. that well, there's yeah, such the a, an increase in. there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we're seeing a ton of activity. Uh, I do have stats on what's going on with, you know, prices as they closed out. 2016, if we want to talk about any of that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I know you brought an article, which I thought was interesting because it kind of parallels something I was going to talk about today, which was where we're at with activity within our local MLS. Right. And these indicators of, um, you know, pending to close sales, as well as active on market, plus back on market and price reduced. Properties, yeah, right, right, right. Because your article actually is really about there's a lot of transactions that get underway but don't close, right. And 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 that's a Trulia came out mm-hmm. with an article here um, just um, just yet last late last week that said mm-hmm. that they, there's an increasing number of failed sales, mm-hmm. you know, nation nationwide, and and it, it's sort of a striking number if you compare it from the fourth quarter 2014 mm-hmm. to the fourth quarter of 2016 you know so a, a two year a comparison the number of failed sales is is really climbed it's gone from about 1.4% of all properties listed up to 4.3% and did they say why in that article well there's a, there's a lot of anecdotal information um but there's like kind that. of a combination of some things. The okay. first one is that we have a lot of first-time buyers in our market. Mm-hmm. We also have extremely hot market. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's multiple offers on these homes, yeah. which causes the prices to be bid up. Yes. If you have a first-time appraisals buyer, then come into pro- yeah, you know, yeah, an yeah, issue yeah, there. exactly. You might have a problem with a low appraisal. Mm-hmm. You may have a problem with a first-time buyer that if that appraisal comes in low, they don't have 
the additional financial resources exactly. to make up the difference. Right. There you got a failed sale. Right. And, uh, and there's you know, all honestly in these uh, bid up situations, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who get cold feet. It can be really scary. Yeah. Uh, for for, for it a does lot of panic buyers. them that yep. they're like, oh my gosh, did I just pay too much? What did I just do? Yeah. That yeah. buyer's that buyer's remorse mm-hmm. and um, bidder's remorse. I guess you could you could call yeah. it. Um, <laughs> but but the other part of it too is that we also have uh, our our housing stock is getting mm-hmm. older. Now, probably still, I don't know what the percentage is in the Northwest. Nationally, about seventy percent of all listings are built after the year two thousand, leaving you know. 30% or so built before 1980 or so. So as as we look at the increasing amount of housing stock, and if you look in our neighborhood, Seattle, mm-hmm. for instance, our, yeah. our stock's getting older, right? Oh, yeah. Well, there's going to be problems that go along with an older home if it hasn't been oh, you yeah. know, well-maintained. And even, even if they have been well maintained, they right. still have huge capital costs that come up. Absolutely. Well, just sewer lines alone. Yeah. And, oh my and, gosh. And and I know yeah. that your husband James is an mm-hmm. inspector. He does a lot of sewer scopes, and I imagine he sees some some pretty pretty awful ones. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. We, well, actually, uh, two of the buyers that we're talking with right now, both of them are living in rentals where they're in basement apartments, mm-hmm. and they each have been experiencing flooding. In their basements. And one of them is very seriously, um, you know, I'm telling the gal she might want to write a letter to her landlord because it's backed up three times from the sewer line. Oh my gosh. And there's some really nasty stuff that she's now ruined several towel sets on and her landlord's just kind of like, eh, whatever. Yeah, and, the, and the thing is, she just keeps having it roto-rooted out. Not, mm. that, I guess that's too much of a brand name, but it's, you know, it's she's having it rooted out. And then... Um, the, the problem is it's going to keep coming back right. because that is very indicative of a line that's probably completely collapsed because I could tell you that happened on my house. Mm-hmm. My house I live in now, when I bought it, I had my home warranty. I had two backups. I called the plumber twice, but then when I finally had it scoped, the whole line, you know, there was a five-foot section that was collapsing. Right. And and if, if that's something that you have to pay someone to fix, that can mm-hmm. be really, really expensive. Yeah, mine was about five grand. Yeah. And it was right. right underneath my driveway. They had to cut through the concrete, redo it. And, uh, you know, but it was worth having done. But it was really clear when they showed it to me. My house was built in 1968, just like me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so. Well, there you go, though. But that but house colonoscopy was very that, worthwhile. Absolutely, it was. You know, you should. Everyone should have that done. Yes, <laughs> some, exactly. You get point, to year fifty, you some definitely point in should their be doing house it. life. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, Doctor Reba says, you know, if your home is more than forty years old, time <laughs> to have it scoped. Get a sewer scope. That's right. That's right. Get a clean bill of health. That's right. And if you have problems with it, you know, it's easier to get that sorted out now than oh you know, heck than, yeah than than, than better later than down the issues the, that come with it down the line. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Well, the good news, you know, with with this high increasing percentage of failed sales is that mm-hmm. Seattle is not in the top 10 failed sales category. Do they tell us where we are or is it too uh, vague? I don't have it on that list. This okay. article is just a little bit too vague. I can tell mm-hmm. you that the number, you know, kind of the top five are Charleston, South Carolina, Fort Worth, Texas, mm-hmm. Dallas, Atlanta, and Ventura County. Uh, California. Okay. Well, those so, are all very, very hot markets. Yeah, that's also. right. They're also on fire. Portland's right behind that, too. Yeah. So Portland, well, that's also a very right busy now, market, just like us. 13.5% failed sales right now. So, uh, you know, so that's a, that's a pretty big number for, um, you know, for Portland. Well, given that we don't always know exactly why every deal does fail, I mean, that's the whole thing is, you know, 
we end up being like private investigators a lot of time in my job. That's right. I, right. We have to make a lot of exploratory phone calls. I mean, Jen's starting to get the gist of this as she's working with us that, you know, sometimes we'll have a client who's interested in a property and we see that it goes from, you know, active to pending inspection back to active or maybe even gets to into pending and right. then goes back to active. Well, if we have a client who's interested in that property, what's the first thing we're going to do? Are we just going to be like, oh, too bad, so sad, it didn't work out for the first one. We're just going to charge yeah. right ahead. Oopie. No, we make a phone call and we find out. Was it buyer cold feet? Was it someone's financing issue? Was it something about the inspection that, mm-hmm. that went bad? And because they're not required to always necessarily post that, although I will say yeah. you will note at least good agents will try and take away from that negativity. Because unfortunately, as most people know, I mean, the house might be fine. And if you have a buyer with cold feet, that's not an indication that there's an issue with the house, but right. most people will automatically just go right to that negative and be like, oh, must be something wrong with it. Right. What's wrong with it? Of course. And well, we don't know yet. Like we got to call, we got to find out. And right. that's if they'll tell us what the circumstances are and a good agent, you know, as long as it's something that's reasonable. Yeah. They're going to tell us if it's something scary, then, you know, hopefully they will still go ahead and share it with us and not, not hold anything back. Well, and as a buyer looking for a bargain, though, couldn't you use that as an opportunity, though, if you have a failed sale? Well, some people try. But again, if mm-hmm. it's not really the fault of the seller, if it was mm-hmm. someone else's financing or, you know, sure. things of that nature, it's, you know, it's a it's a fine little dance that we got to mm-hmm. do on those things. Yeah. Because, um, you know, it it's not always an issue with the house. And I, and I feel for people who go through those situations. Sure. Uh, if indeed their house is in good condition. Now there are times where it's a complete surprise to everybody, right? You know, cause someone just didn't do any due diligence ahead of going on market. Maybe they find out, Oh my gosh, like we had one client. Um, I think we had, you might've even been working with them. We had uh, a place out near gold bar mm-hmm. that Jen and James went to go do the inspection. Uh, Marissa was working with this buyer and everything inside had been completely gutted and redone. Mm-hmm. But what the seller had not done, because we had a pre-inspection done, because we knew there'd be multiple biddings on this. This was the scary part. Other people were waiving their inspections. Mm-hmm. Our guy chose to do a pre-inspection, and we were glad he did, because there was a massive amount of water damage and mold in the attic space. Oh, yuck. And yeah. so we wrote our offer then, because we had that information, we wrote it to include having that repaired by the seller before closing. Sure. I'm still curious. Uh, like I want to go back and see what happened to that house because all those other people, at least it was somewhere like three or four more offers. Most of them all waived inspection. I can't imagine the surprise they're going to get. Somebody got a moldy house. Yep. Not well, so good. More uh, real estate news when we come back. Call us if you got questions. 866-712-1300. Stay tuned for more on Open House at Team Reba. Open House has open phone lines. Give us a call at 866-712-1300. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. This is Reba Hass of Team Reba. And this is Eric Osnes of Home Street Bank. All right. So we're going to get off the topics of things like, you know, moldy attics for now <laughs> but <laughs> but because we just ended the last segment with that but i thought it was good that we were talking about pre-inspections and all those kinds of fun factors as they relate to uh 
transactions, but you were trying to talk about failed transactions and like mm-hmm. why pending sales weren't going through. Had you covered everything that that Trulia article, which by the way, you know Trulia is also owned by Zillow, right? I do know that. Okay. Yeah. I want to make sure and let our listeners know that because- Oh, here uh, we go. It's been, no, 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 no. I, what do you mean, here we go? No, seriously. No, it's just that, I, okay, so I, I write on Quora all right. the time too, mm-hmm. right? And I just wrote like five or six responses to things because someone was like, you know, between Zillow, Trulia, and Redfin, who's going to be like the biggest player in the market, blah, blah, blah. Sure, sure. And I had to start off with like, well, first for one, know what you're talking about because Zillow owns Trulia. <laughs> like they're the same thing, just a different brand. Right, right. It's like when Starbucks buys a local coffee company but doesn't change their name. Right, yeah, <laughs> Like they're exactly. still getting your money because you'd be like, oh, I hate Starbucks. I'm going to this little coffee shop. Ding, they got you. Yeah. <laughs> so they're doing the same thing, just getting different eyeballs, you know, mm-hmm. whoever likes whatever their format or color scheme is or, sure. you know, you name it. Sure. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so I, I'm writing stuff about these things all the time. But uh, anyway, Trulia is Zillow. Just put it that way. <laughs> I know. And, and bless them all, you know. <laughs> So bless their hearts, you know, as they, they say in the Midwest. It, it's it's um it's it's a it's a great avenue for searching. I mean, you can get information, things like that. But yeah. as you said, the the data feeds, mm-hmm. you know, to Zillow and Trillier may not be as up to date as some of the other feeds out there. Well, because they're not a real estate company. Correct. They are they're a marketing. media company. They're a media yeah. company. Yeah, they're totally that's, a media company. So when people compare right. them to Redfin, it just means Redfin's marketing has worked mm-hmm. because Redfin won't compare itself to other real estate companies because mm-hmm. they have the exact same data. Right. We all have the same data. It's all coming from the multiple listing association. Yeah, the one who doesn't have the data is Zillow and Trulia mm-hmm. of certain kinds of things. They don't have the MLS data. And right. that's because they don't they're not a member. They're not they don't sell real estate. So right. Right. anyway, one day we're gonna do another show where we just really dive into all of that. I don't know if we'll be able to well, get we should get we should have a have a throwdown. Let's get uh, someone from Zillow in here, let's get someone from Redfin in here. We're gonna just stand in the corner and let those two just sort of duke it out. No, I want to take them on myself. Oh, well, you're going to duke them out. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> then I need a big we swimming pool size thing and, and like uh, five, 50 gallons what, of mud of or something. Or something? <laughs> yeah. Pudding. There you go. Yeah, well, that'll get interesting. We'll, we'll, we'll Let's see if they'll a, let us do that one at the boat show. <laughs> hey, they got a pool there probably. Uh, probably. I'm sure one of those boats has a hot tub on the back. Oh, well, I'm sure it does. We'll have to figure that one out. So <laughs> no one will want oh, to man. clean it out, though. Yeah, right now the KKOL is uh, getting a text from the Seattle <laughs> Boat Show saying, uh, "Can you please uh, please maybe retract schedule them, someone <laughs> else to show up for the boat show?" Yeah, yeah. We don't really know about having Reva and Eric there. Yeah, you know? especially you know what? Last year, I think we we actually missed it because there's a they have like a a wine tasting event at the boat show. Oh, we didn't stay late enough Why in the day. Why didn't we schedule ours around that? Now, well, that would reason. have been some interesting radio after that. Well, you know, I thought about that. I yeah. did think about that. but um, Think they did it on purpose? I don't know. Mm. Well, last year we did the show at 10. And, right. you know, they had just opened the doors to the boat show. So I just really thought this year it's like, let's do it. It seemed like the height of the show. Oh, yeah. Really Our guests was right were just waking like up. O'clock. Yeah, 1 so, o'clock or so. We'll yeah. get out there and... Yeah, it seemed we'll to me like we'd probably have more opportunity and see people, and they'd be heavily engaged. And That's plus, right. they'd be over because they put us right by the food place. Yeah. So you know, if we're well, going to be and, there, and uh, my, I, I don't know about you, but my schedule changed a little bit. I don't think we have any major football games to watch on that day. Unfortunately, no, we don't. Yeah. 
So yeah, I know. We got that. We got that. Yeah, I guess that's the only good thing about the Seahawks not not playing that day. It's the only good thing. <laughs> the only good it's thing. It's the only good thing. <laughs> exactly. That's right. But uh, anyway, you know, I was going to, as part of your whole thing as the follow-up on this, um, I do want to say to our listeners that if you're if you're talking with your real estate agent, um, some of the stats that actually agents have access to in our local MLS, if you want to get a feel for what's really going on, um, have them give you information about the market watch data. Because that's actually one of my leading mm-hmm. indicators that I constantly watch daily. I tell our clients this all the time. Every time we have first-time meetings, I show them this. I pull up our MLS so they can see what database I'm working with, right? right. And in it, we have a little chart that shows us new listings to listings that are back on market, meaning they went off for some reason, whether it was canceled, expired, temporarily off market, anything like that. And um, and that's not saying that it's gone from pending back to active. Mm-hmm. That's counted completely differently. Then there's you know listing price reduced, listing price increased, contingent deals, expired listings, pending listings, sold and canceled. Yeah. And I'm always looking at the relationship of these bars that they have, you know, as they uh, kind of compare to each other. Mm-hmm. And so I knew when our market flipped in 2011 because. If the listings are outpacing the pendings, obviously we're much more in a buyer's marketplace. Makes sense. Right? Sure, sure. And it was April of 2011 that we had a consistent flipping of those numbers. Got it. Where now our new listings have been, they've just been behind the pendings for four years, now going on five years, at least. Actually, almost six years because it was 2011 when it flipped, right? So. Just to give you the last seven days of activity, new listings in the last week, we have 1,376. Comparing that to the number that went pending, 2,440. Wow. So there's a significant difference. Yeah. The number sold, those that actually completed, 1,263. Okay, so that's half. So half half that went pending Mm -hmm. closed. Yeah. And that number has been consistent for a while as well. So I have never seen, except for like every once in a while, and I'm talking, when I say every once in a while, it's like every few months on like the last day of the month, solds might get really close to catching up with pendings because there's a lot of people trying to close at the end of the month. Okay. Um, But it has not, surpassed pendings at all it's always almost about half interesting so what it tells me on an ongoing basis is yeah there's a lot of stuff coming in and getting on you know contract but there's a lot of failures going on so because there should be a running you know roughly 30 to 60 day timeline that those things are are closing out and they're not is this agents are maybe putting it pending too soon or something or, or what, what's your no. take on why? No, we have not? very strict rules in the MLS about how yeah. we have to handle the, the information, sure. which is again, why working with us directly gives you accurate data versus inaccurate data. Right. Right. So we have to, anytime there is a status change on a listing, we have till 5 PM of the next day, not even business day, the next day, so if it goes pending on Saturday, I got to make sure by Sunday it's noted as pending inspection or pending yeah. or contingent or whatever that is. Okay. You know, okay. so, um, and that's because they want clean data. Yeah. So yeah. in our case, you know, it, the typical s- structure is 
you know, someone's uh, on market, so they're active. Then we review an offer or offers. Something's chosen. They right. get into mutual acceptance. It goes into most often pending inspection. Yeah. Right. Unless someone's done a pre-inspection. Sure. Sure. And once you get through the inspection period, once that has been agreed to, as long as they aren't failing out of it on inspection, mm-hmm. then the next phase is we go to pending. And that's usually within the first, you know, one to 10 days sure. is when the inspections happen, right. unless something comes up and they have to have additional inspections. Mm-hmm. So it's just sitting there in that pending inspection status until it's done, Got right? It. One way Got or the it. other. Okay. It Makes either sense. goes back to active or it goes to pending. Sure. And then it sits in pending status all the way until closing, typically. Right, right. Unless, of course, it fails for yeah. some reason. Right. And right. then it can go back to active or it could be canceled, you know, what have right. you. But we have to keep those things very, very clean in our data. Well, that's good. That's good. And uh, so, yeah, it still just kind of tells us that we've got a big, big mm-hmm. gap there between Huge know, gap. What, what's what's showing up as pending and, and what actually closes. it's been happening for the last five years here. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So Trulia's article, I'm just going to tell everybody, uh, because Trulia and Zillow are media companies, by the time this stuff usually makes news, it's usually been going on for anywhere from one to three years already in oh, the sure. industry itself. It's just that they're finally paying attention to it. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, I want to thank all of our listeners for, for listening in today. Hopefully, you've learned something about real estate or, or voting. <laughs> so <laughs> join us next Tuesday at 3 o'clock. And actually, join us again also on the 28th Saturday at the, at the uh, Seattle Boat Show. Yes. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at re slash max metro east side on facebook or email info at teamreba.com join us again next tuesday at three for more open house with team reba here on business radio 1300 kkol program sponsored by team reba of remax metro east side and eric osnes of home street bank home mortgage